Of all abilities, the capacity for work is the most useful and necessary, and its possession is a glorious power. And this, men discover, when they are disabled or stricken down with sickness, when they are thus forcibly prevented from engaging in wholesome, invigorating labour, what would they not give to have once again the spirited and glowing use of brain or muscle, or to spend exuberant strength in healthful exertion? Work is of two kinds. It is either loving labour or enforced slavery. The man whose sole object is to get through his work in order to draw his pay, who has no love for and no interest in his work beyond what it represents in cash, is a slave and not a true worker. He labours only under the compulsion of necessity. His entire interest is in getting instead of in doing. He gives his labour irksomely and perfunctorily, but receives his pay with eagerness, striving, when he thinks he safely can, to give less and less labour and get more and more wages. Less work and more pay is the cry of slaves and not of men. On the contrary, the man whose heart is centred in his work, who aims at the perfect performance of his duty, is a true worker whose usefulness and influence are cumulative and progressive, carrying him on from success to greater and greater success, from low spheres of labour to higher and higher still. Thinking little or nothing of the wages and much of the reward, but eager and willing in service, he is sealed by nature as one of her chosen sons, fitted by virtue of his unselfish labours to receive the greater excellence and fuller reward. For while full recompense may, and frequently does, escape the man who covetously seeks it, it cannot be withheld from him who ignores it in his work. For the true recompense is never withheld, but in the selfish desire to secure the recompense without giving its equivalent. Disappointment is the pay received, and the expected reward does not appear. The wages of work are sure. In the universal economy, no man is cheated. He cannot be defrauded of his just earnings, for every effort receives its proportionate result. First work as the cause, and then wages as the effect. But while wages is the result, it is not the end. It is only a means to a still greater and more far-reaching result and end, namely the progress and increased happiness both of the individual and the race in a word, to well-being. The receiving of so much money for work done does not represent wages in its entirety. It is, indeed, only a small portion of the actual wages of true work. While a man who considers that the end of work is reached when he has received the money due receives all he bargains for, he does not derive complete satisfaction from his labours, nor comprehend or enter the higher spheres of knowledge and usefulness which are reserved for the devotees of unselfish duty. It is a day of definitely marked progress in the life of a man when, by the illumination of spirit which proceeds from the development of a higher sense of duty, he passes from the burdensome sphere of slavery to the happy world of work, when he leaves behind him the grasping and bartering, the drudgery and humiliation, and, accepting his place among his fellows, becomes a cheerful cooperator with humanity and a willing and happy instrument in the economy of things. Such a man receives the completion of wages in its sevenfold fullness.